It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 87 237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. Welcome to Thursday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Fantastic to have you with us on the show. I'm sitting here in my summer tea t-shirt. Isn't it so mild? 16, 17 degrees on the clock and it's the middle of November. Ah, there's something up, lads. There is. They're having an meeting in Egypt about it at the moment. There's something wrong for sure. Anyway, won't knock it at the moment because we're saving on the oil and the gas and the heating at this point in time and it is welcome for what it is. And you're welcome to the show today. Lots of guests, chat, music and more coming up over the next couple of hours. If you want to get in touch with us, 086 1800 is the WhatsApp or text number. Somebody adjusted the traffic lights. I'm coming back to it in a while. The traffic was flowing yesterday evening. I got several calls to say, what have you done? We're going to come back to it in a little while on the show. But first up today, we have such huge links with America, don't we? We do indeed. We always have, and please God, we always will. And we're interested in what's happening there, of course, because it influences the world and Ireland as well. The midterm elections, usually the sitting party, uh, the Democrats in this case, and the President Joe Biden, get it tanking. And that was the expectation. A red wave, we were told, by another fellow with a big quiff in his hair and an orange look in his face. But it hasn't materialised and our man in the States is back on with me on Late Lunch. I'm delighted to say hello again to John Shanahan. Hello, John. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. And John, just to say that you were involved, you were presiding judge uh, for one of the local election precincts in Houston, Harris County. So you were actually working on Tuesday when the voting was going on. John, take that question first. No red wave? Uh, more like a red dribble, Jerry. It's been a very interesting uh, 24 hours watching the re- returns come in. Um, and uh, watching Joe Biden yesterday afternoon, who did a wonderful press conference, uh, a long press conference, very comfortable taking questions from everybody. But the bottom line on the press conference was uh, we've done well for the first time in 40 years. Uh, there's been no uh, turnabout in uh, uh, the election. The, the sitting party, although it's uh, the 
Democratic Party has lost some uh, seats in the uh, House of Representatives uh, with a likely possibility, uh, the likely situation, I should say, of the Republicans taking control of the House of Representatives. But interestingly, in the Senate, uh, I think we're going to continue to maintain the 50-50 split. Uh, There are uh, three major Senate seats uh, at this point that have not been called. Uh, Of the three, two are likely going to go to uh, uh, Democrats. One is likely going to go to a Republican, and that will continue the 50-50 balance. So President Biden was feeling very well yesterday about uh, about the uh, really top-notch performance of a lot of the Democratic uh, candidates in the House and certainly in the Senate. Uh, and I think he's, he's uh, because of his long experience in both the uh, House and Senate, President Biden, I think, is going to be a uh, the ideal man to manage affairs over the coming uh, two years. So Georgia will be a runoff. That's decided already. Arizona and Nevada still waiting on those counts to be finalised. And you think it'll break 50-50, which will mean Kamala Harris will have the deciding vote then. Isn't that right in the Senate? Uh, that's correct. The uh, Arizona seat's uh, going to go to Mark Kelly, I'm pretty sure. Uh, the uh, Nevada seat's going to go to the Republican candidate. Uh, that'll give us a 50-50 Senate again, uh, which means uh, no change in the, the way the Senate's been operating for the last two years. Uh, and I think that's... Uh, uh, so, I don't, so I don't see any uh, major upsets uh, in that respect. Uh, and a, a sort of a, a moderate uh, policy, which I think suits uh, uh, President Biden very well, well over the next two years and positions the uh, uh, the Democratic Party, which which interestingly enough uh, has been uh, really really solid in the way in which the uh, uh, it's it's operated uh, for election support. Unfortunately, uh, a key guy that relates to Ireland uh, in a district that, has, that was changed just before the election, uh, Representative Sean Patrick Maloney of upstate New York. Um, in the Hudson Valley, uh, lost his seat in a new district that had been formed by redistricting. So uh, Ireland has lost a friend in the uh, Congress, uh, in, in Representative Maloney. But uh, otherwise, I think Ireland's interests remain strong. President Biden is certainly a great friend of Ireland. And uh, I think Ireland can be comfortable with the way that uh, things have turned out in the States. Now, if the Republicans take control of the House of Representatives and the Senate remains with the Democrats, does the fact that the Republicans have the majority in the House of Representatives stymie Joe Biden for the next two years and what he wants to do? I don't think so, because uh, Biden addressed that yesterday very directly in his news conference. Uh, uh, He was quick to point out that... uh, he retains as president the power of the veto, um, and uh, because the uh, the the numbers are so close uh, in the uh, in the house, it's going to be a uh, an exercise in co- what you might call coalition politics, uh, where although members will be of different parties, uh, the Republicans who will likely be in the majority in the in the uh, uh, in the house won't have such a such a majority as to really influence. Uh, what you might call uh, MAGA politics. And one of the interesting takeaways, which leads me to another point, if I may, one of the interesting takeaways of this election uh, that have been commented on by both sides, and most recently yesterday by the cover of the New York Post, a Rupert Murdoch right-wing fellow, uh, uh, which, which is commenting on essentially the death of MAGA politics.
politics. And this this is going to be interesting to watch. It may be too early to call the call the funeral, uh, but uh, it seems that that the whole notion of MAGA politics and the, the these cults of Donald Trump may be very well on coming to an end. And John, that's the point I was going to come on to myself. You know, Trump himself and his cheerleaders were saying it would be a wave, a tsunami in favour of Republicans, a red wave, as we mentioned at the start, across the states. That definitely hasn't transpired. Now, he's talking, he hinted the other day that next week he's going to announce a fresh run for the White House. He wants to go back there again. Will he, what's your gut feeling? Will he go ahead with that now? Oh, I think he will. There's a very good reason for it. I'm laughing because I can't hardly, I can hardly bring myself to say this with a straight face. He's not running to be president. He's running to stay out of the jailhouse. And that's the real reason that Donald Trump wants to run for presidency, for the presidency once again. He knows full well that the United States Justice Department is, is very reluctant to prosecute candidates for office or, of course, current office seekers, office holders. Um, and so the best way for Donald Trump to stay out of jail for the next four years is to, uh, uh, is to run for president again and, uh, uh, and take advantage of this, uh, sort of internal policy of light touch when the uh, the uh, when the candidate who's running uh, has uh, some political has some has some legal legal and criminal problems that Donald Trump has to face. What about DeSantis, uh, who did really well and won hands down? Will he challenge uh, you know Trump for the nomination? Oh, I think he will. Uh, but before we get all excited about DeSantis, let's take a look at Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitman, Whitmer of, of uh, Wisconsin, uh, who did, of, I'm sorry, Michigan, who did very, very well yesterday, uh, as, as did a new face in, in the state of Maryland right outside Washington, D.C., uh, in the election of a, uh, uh, a young black man. Uh, as governor of Maryland, a Democrat. And so we've, while there's good news from, for the Republican camp out of Florida, um, there's certainly lots of good news on the Democratic side as well. But yes, I think uh, DeSantis will certainly challenge Trump. He's newly, he's newly encouraged by the Florida numbers, and uh, uh, there's no guarantee that Trump's going to be able to get past DeSantis. And uh, Trump already insulting him, calling him the Santimonious uh, in, in last week, trying to put him down and, and put him off. But DeSantis himself uh, would be uh, of the cut of the same mold, would he, as Trump, policy-wise? Oh, they've, they've both got uh, nasty mouths and uh, well, well able to do that. DeSantis, I have to say, uh, was able to win by such a large margin in Florida because he rigged the system. Uh, Florida changed his election laws to make election to make voting much more difficult, um, and that, and in favor of uh, of the uh, of the of the Republicans, and so DeSantis was certainly advantaged, but he but he helped himself during the time that he was governor. So uh, this, uh, you know, on both sides, like you say, he did, and of course the Republicans will say, and harping back to the last election that Democrats uh, interfered with the voting. John, when will this? cease or will it ever cease or is this just a facet now of elections there in the states well thank you for that question as an election official myself uh that's a question certainly is this near and dear to my heart uh, the truth is that elections in the united states are not rigged they're not 
uh, fake. They're not fraud. Uh, there are the Democrats and Republican voting officials on both sides of the aisle. I take great pride in running a uh, very solid and very, 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 uh, very decent and honest elections. Uh, Brad, the Brad Raffensperger, who uh, was reelected as Secretary of State in Georgia as a Republican, did a great job in running elections in that uh, in that state. Um, and the same is true in Arizona, where there's been a huge amount of hue and cry from uh, what I would call the, the MAGA maniacs, maniacs who've been continually yelling about rigged elections. And the fact of the matter is that just simply doesn't happen. We who work on the election side of the business uh, take great pride in working across the aisle with one another. It's not about politics. It's about doing a very critical public function with a great deal of integrity. And uh, Donald Trump challenged the election, the last presidential election, and was thrown out of 63 courts. 63 judges said to Donald Trump, no, Mr. Trump, the election was not rigged. Yes, Mr. Trump, you are not the president. Of the United States. I mean, how 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 straight a, how how better an answer can you get than that? In a word, can Trump win uh, another term? I don't think he can. I really don't think he can. I think America, uh, on both sides of the political aisle, is truly sick of the politics of division, um, and uh, we've had enough of that. It's no good for the country. It it doesn't get things done. And honestly, uh, the 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 art and science of politics is getting things done for the public interest, achieving things. And just like just like you know, for example, the front page of. Uh, uh, the draw to independent will tell you all about uh, the local politicians getting the roundabouts fixed over by the hospital or getting the traffic lights fixed uh, on another place or doing the uh, uh, thanks. Thanks be to God. Finally, the uh, uh, the northern cross route in place. Those are the those are that's the everyday work of retail politics. And, the, you know, partisanship doesn't get any of that done. Um, and so I think America is learning that lesson the hard way right now. And I, I look forward to the end of Trumpism, hopefully within the next couple of years. And John, on the Democratic side, Joe Biden, I don't mean to be ageist here at all, but he is, and we're all moving on with the numbers, John, every one of us. But uh, will, will, will he go again, Biden, or is there somebody else? We don't hear much about Kamala Harris. Well, it's an interesting question. And, you know, the... Uh, I'm answering it because I'm the, my answer is going to be predicated on the fact that Joe Biden and I are exactly the same age. <laughs> and so I have I have my own views on that. And, and I think it's important for you know, somebody of our ages to look around and bring other people up. Now, you know, the, 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 the standard line in Washington for the next two years, if Joe Biden says he wants to run again, the line's going to be, yeah, Joe, but we're going to support you. And, but that's, that's all about maintaining integrity in the party. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the reality is that Joe Biden's got to take a hard look in the mirror, uh, talk to his terrific wife, and, say, and ask his wife, do we want to be you know, doing this for another four more years, and is this the right thing? And, and, and I think the answer, uh, in my view, uh, although I fully support President Biden, I actually know him and like him a, a good bit, but I think that um, 
uh, I think the the responsible thing to do is to look around and look at, look at the next generation and say, okay, who in the next generation can step forward and get the job done? Interesting indeed, John, and we'll watch this space because this certainly will unfold as the weeks and months uh, move into next year and beyond. Thank you so much as always. Love chatting to you. Great talking to you, Jerry. God bless you and your listeners. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. That's John H. Shanahan there speaking to us from the States and election official himself. And, you know, we do, and I have to say personally, have a great interest in politics beyond these shores, and it's so interesting to follow and watch. I'm just changing the words slightly, Louise. Many hands make lights work. How about that? Does that just sum up what perhaps happened yesterday? Something happened with the traffic lights. Yes. They were too shy to change in public before then. <laughs> you reckon Eddie rang me last no, evening? No, I reckon I left here yesterday and straight home. And there was another couple of calls mm-hmm. as well. So I was we- getting used to taking Spanish classes <laughs> while I was sitting in traffic. <laughs> we thank, we thank the people that we put the query to yesterday. Something has happened. Somebody has adjusted the lights and traffic appears to be flowing much more smoothly. We're still uh, waiting again. back from uh, the county Yeah, we, we didn't get a reply yet from the council. Hopefully we will, but it seems something has happened in the interim uh, for sure and it just shows you the power. The power of this little radio station to uh, highlight matters and uh, action them as well. But we thank the people in the council who obviously got on to whoever it was and the adjustment has been made. It's terrific. And mind you, if you were in here with me today, sure herself is just like a traffic light, Louise. Uh, she's just, she'd remind you of a traffic light, so she would. <laughs> I love your jumper. It's only after striking me. You nearly have all the colours of the lights on that jumper, don't you? Yeah, it's the lights in your head. You're an your amber uh, gambler uh, on it as well. There's you're blue most, and yellow and red. Oh, yeah. And orange. Sure, if you're colour blind, it looks like that <laughs> when you're looking at the traffic lights anyway. <laughs> My daughter calls me a clown more than one ways with my <laughs> oh, colourful no. jumper. No, it's lovely. It's lovely. It, it truly is lovely. No, no, it's beautiful. Guinness World Record Breaker Day today. Did you know that? Yes, it's a day dedicated to the Guinness uh, mm-hmm. World Record holders. And you've had a load of them here on the show. Have we? Yeah. You've, didn't you have a chap at Rubik's Cube? Yes. And then you had um, that girl, Susan Oakes from Navin, who side saddled. She made the... Guinness, she did, didn't she? She That's did right. that really high one. Yeah, and um, oh, I'm sure there was there was many more. Uh, do you know anyone? Uh, anyone out there know anyone who holds a Guinness World Record? If you do, let us know. Now, my next guest social media post caught people's attention. People's attention. Thousands and thousands of people's attention. I think I called him Kevin Sheeran before too, because you have a friend called Kevin Sheeran who's a great angler. It's Keith Sheeran, and he's with me on the line. Hello, Keith. Hi, Jerry. How's it going? Are you well? I'm really well. Thanks uh, for joining me on the show today. When I saw this too, I have to say, it really, really touched me. So let's context it for, for listeners. You have a, a, a butcher's counter in Wilkinstown in County Meath. Yeah, it's a Tesco service station here in oh, right. uh, Dowie's in uh, Wilkinstown. Okay, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. So everybody everybody that anybody knows Wilkinstown as well. And you look after uh, the butcher's meat counter there. How long are you working there, Keith? I've, the, I've that counter there since 2011. Right, so you're there over 10 years at this stage. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Good man yourself. And it's busy. It is. It's, it's an incredible shop. It's an incredibly busy shop, you know, run brilliantly by Brendan and, 
and the team, you know, and I'm just part of the team, if you know what I mean. Mm. We all complement each other. Would you say, like any butcher's shop, do you have a regular clientele who return to you all the time and you also, I suppose, have people on the fly, new customers? Does it work like that? Absolutely. Listen, for me, I have a core base of fantastic customers from uh, from Wilkinson and surrounding areas, you know, and uh, but I also, there would be a massive passing trade as well, you know. So... <laughs> This is just great. I love it, I have to say. Uh, Tuesday, was it Tuesday? Tuesday last? It was Tuesday just gone, yeah. Yeah. And if anyone called in to Texaco and Keith's counter, you weren't there. No, Keith's meet was closed for two hours on Tuesday. (laughs) And tell them what you put up, the little sign. Yeah, listen, (laughs) I suppose uh, my daughter was in a semi-final, a school semi-final, and I wasn't sure when it was on, but it was confirmed late last week that it was on, on Tuesday. And I'm usually off on Wednesday with the kids anyway. But uh, the fact it was on Tuesday, I had a decision to make, you know. And uh, so Monday or Tuesday, I just I made a decision. I had to close the counter for a couple of hours to go and uh, and, and support my daughter and our team in the in the school semi-final. And Castletown is only up the road, so it was convenient, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, it's just... Listen, it all kind of snowballed. I just put a sign up to say that uh, the counter was closed between quarter to 12 and quarter to 2 because uh, I'm going to watch my daughter play football. And uh, I hope, sorry for the inconvenience, but uh, I hope people understand that uh, some things are more important than than work. Oh, Keith, you're melting hearts (laughs) all over the place today. Oh, my, oh, my. So you went to see... Ella, she's 12, yeah. playing yeah. for her school team, Drum Conrad National School, yeah. against Nobber. Did they win, Keith? They did. You know, that's that's irrelevant, but they did. They did win, you know, they did. It was, uh, so they went to a final in Park Tolton on, on, on Sunday. Fantastic. So all roads lead to Navin this Sunday as well, you know. Will you have to put up a sign on Sunday or are you working Sunday? No, I'm certainly not working Sunday, but I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm also a referee, a GA referee, so I had a game to do Sunday, so I had to turn that down as well, because, you know, I, I have to be there for the big game, you know? Mm, you know something like, the reason it's gone mad and viral and people love this is the whole thought process and the love behind it and putting family and your children before your work, only for a short space of time, but a significant yeah. time. You know, when you're at a busy uh, counter in Tex- Texaco like you are there, um, it's 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 just ah oh, my oh, my. I'm not surprised that people just love this and admire it. The vast majority of reaction to this on lo- to this online has been more than positive, hasn't it? Uh, has it is. It's been outstanding. You know, it's been. Uh, you know, I suppose I woke up. Louise rang me actually. Your your very own Louise rang me on yeah. Tuesday afternoon, and 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 I was kind of shocked, obviously. And then, you know, trying to take it in, I woke up Wednesday, and the reaction was just incredible. I've never seen anything like it. And uh, I suppose there was a little bit of embarrassment there as well, because number one, I'm, I suppose I'm in a situation where I can, I'm self-employed, you know. Mm. And uh, there's there's many people out there that, that wouldn't be in that situation to 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 stop working for a couple of hours and go and see their their kid play. But I'm in the position where where I can, you know. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, no, it's 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 yeah. The the response has been fantastic. It really, really has. Mm, and you, know, you, you make a decent point there. It is like you know you could do it. Of course, there yeah. are others in roles and jobs that it just wouldn't be possible to do. But here, here, young fella, you did it, Keith. You did it. That's yeah. the thing about it. You did. Yeah. You decided that you you didn't want to miss this, and you you wanted to be there. And exactly. being a referee yourself, when you're on the sideline, you know, on the outside looking in, and you're looking at another referee taking charge of your daughter's game how does that sit with you? It's fine mm. absolutely fine mm-hmm. you know uh, yeah no, no problem whatsoever I'm not, <laughs> I'm not I'm not one of those parents whether I'm a referee or not I, I will not shout a ball or anything like that yeah. you know it's uh, no because we have to respect the referee you know it's as simple as that you know which leads me on to a point when you are the man with the whistle in the middle doing games yourself I'm sure you hear it like uh, at times it must be ferocious yeah it is of course it is you know and even I was listening to your to your, uh, to your interview a few weeks ago there with, with Derek Ryan and absolutely it's, it's, it is it's, it, it can be it can be horrendous at times you know but uh, I suppose I'm five, in year, five years in now and I've developed a thick skin but for me, it's uh, when I see the underage, when I referee underage or even spectate an underage game, and, and some of the some of the abuse, let's call it what it is, is 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 horrendous. And even the yeah, you know, some of the so-called in commas supporters shouting balling at their kids and, and stuff like that. There, it's it's horrible to see. It. It's horrible, and it is. It's a very small percentage, but it's uh, there's no doubt that we are lo- we are losing kids, you know, in in Gaelic football and hurling too few other things because of this you know there's, there's no doubt what's the answer Keith what, what, what you know when you look at let, let's let's take it and, 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 and what about you when you have the whistle just come on to that for a moment before I get you to answer that other question when you are uh, uh, taking charge of a game do you do you get it in the neck from players as well it's you know I suppose we're talking about underage here you yeah know, uh, I wouldn't really get it at, at a senior level or an adult level really you know because uh, I'd like to think I'd be fairly uh fairly good at what I do and, and I, I kind of I, I wouldn't allow any of that creep into the games if you know yes. what I mean but uh, for me the underage is, is a massive issue you know uh, you know I was uh, I was asked to address a, a, an underage club there not too long ago you know about this kind of, of, of behaviour with underage football and, and so-called supporters shouting and balling at referees mm. and opposition and it's sometimes at their own kids you know Isn't it's horrendous it? like we're stumping their growth as, as footballers or hurlers mm. or whatever you know, and that's what it is. It's it's participation. Isn't it interesting you say that that at adult level you can handle it and and it, right it, it can be dealt with. And what you're actually saying to me is the sidelines underage is worst. Oh, it's horrendous. Yeah, it, it can. Sorry, it can be horrendous. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But we all have a job to do. You know, whether it's whether it's county boards, referees, uh, clubs, supporters, we all have a job to do. Like from a referee's point of view, is is. When a situation gets like that, games have to be abandoned. You know, it's the only way people people will will learn. I think you know. And then when it comes to clubs, like we all know these these people that these again so called supporters that that go to games and do nothing but shout and ball abuse at, at, at everyone involved in the game. Mm. You know, and for me, anyone that stands beside someone like that and not say anything is is condoning it. You know, we have to call these people out. Mm. Simple as that. And the fact that they're doing it for years is irrelevant. The fact that they're passionate again in inverted commas that's irrelevant you know uh, we have to think about the players and, and especially the underage yeah
And, and you know, I just sit here and think about uh, soccer and what's happening with referees there. You know, you, you, you read the news yourself. There's a talk about them withdrawing their services because of, of what they're facing. And, and funny enough, you know, rugby union seems to be the one where you don't ever hear an awful lot about. There seems to be more respect. It's it's incredible. It's it's like, and I, I've seen it not first hand at rugby, but I remember refereeing a game underage uh, a few years ago, and there was this one player in particular, and he kept saying something to me any time I blew the whistle or whatever. And and at one stage he was just walking past. I was like, "What are you saying there? Sorry, I I can't hear what you're saying." He said, "I'm just saying, sir. Yes, sir. No, sir." You know, I thought he was nearly slagging me, mm. and I had a chat with him when he was coming back on after half time, and he said, "Sorry, sir. That's just how we conduct ourselves when we're playing rugby." So I bring it out. Yes. Into, into GA. Now, I'm not saying for one second everybody should be calling the referee sir. I know. But there's that element of respect, you know. Yes. And, and I see that myself. My, my, my young lad is playing rugby in RD. He's only starting, you know. And I can see it. There was a blitz in RD at the weekend, and you could see it's, it's totally different. Mm. Totally mm. different. Mm. And you know, we, there's an issue there. We've got to learn. The other, other sports and other codes have got to learn. Well, you've got to talk to these people and see, you know, what is it about or how do, how do you change this whole thing? Because, you know, look, there's no doubt people get passionate and wrapped up and things and that. But really, at the end of the day, it is a sport. It's about participation. Some win, Absolutely. some lose. You have to learn to win and lose and draw and all that goes along with it as well. And it's life forming uh, for young people. That's what sport is to take them on uh, as they move on, on through their lives. Let's come back to this young girl. Ella, I have to come back to her. Well, she must have been thrilled that you were there. Oh, Jerry, I can't, I can't describe the, you know, and I, you know, when I got to the game and she was doing a warm up or whatever, and she looked over at me and she looked, she knew, she saw I was there. I can't tell you how I felt. You know, I could see, I could see the pride in her, just the fact that I'm there. You know, something small like that. You know, after the game, she came over and embraced me, and there was a few tears. You know, but it was. Uh, yeah. The money can't buy that, Jerry, and it's it's it's. I suppose it's only in the last few years I'm starting to realise that. But mm. it's, uh, and that's what I'm saying. It's it's kind of embarrassing all the comments and 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 all the things people are saying, the lovely things people are saying. But I'm no super dad, you know. I'm just I'm not the best dad, but I'm trying to be the best dad I can one day at a time. You know, it's uh, my priorities were 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 all over the place there for for a long time. You know, but it's uh, yeah, you know, I suppose just to touch on that, like I wouldn't do, I wouldn't have. I would have thought twice about closing the shop a few years ago to go on the beer. You know, I'm a, I'm an alcoholic in recovery over five years now. But uh, there were several times I would have closed the shop just to go on the beer, you know. And uh, it's not like that today. And, uh, yeah, my my priorities have changed, thank God. You are a fantastic man and dad, may I say, because you've been through a lot and you've come through the other side and you've picked yourself up and if, you don't mind me saying get got back in the race. You have, for sure. And look at the difference today from, and as you reflect on, on those times, and well done to you. Thanks, Jerry. Well done to you. You're just fantastic. I'm really in awe of you when, you know, that you even mentioned that with us today, that you've had your demons, and yet here you are. Look at this story today it's just so touching I have to say so she's in the final now you have another boy playing rugby have you another one as well is it the three of them yeah there's three of them there's Ella Tommy and Danny you know all take all taking part in sport and loving it you know and it's it's it's, it's brilliant it's just absolutely brilliant you know it's uh, yeah it's great <laughs> It's great. And if you're in Wilkinstown, Texaco, 
Texaco in Wilkinstown. This man is behind the counter looking after all the lovely meat and that there. Pop in exactly. and say hello to him. Yeah, Dirty Service Station Wilkinstown. <laughs> Eatsmeats.com for all your Christmas needs. You know yourself. God, you're the old marketing spiel as well. Doesn't <laughs> Absolutely. Well, this, this advertisement would cost me a fortune. <laughs> It surely would have might cost me after the show too but what about it what the hell what a story what a man and good luck to Ella and Drum Conrad in the final of the weekend and uh, good luck to whoever they're playing do you, who are they playing? do you know who they're playing in the final no? I'm not sure I, I yeah. think it's from Barrett, I think. okay yeah well good luck to everybody in the final yeah. may the best team win but Ella and uh, what's the other two's names Tommy and Danny you are lucky children to have a dad like Keith Sheeran. You really are. Love what you did. Good luck to you. And thanks for talking to me today on the show. God bless, Jerry. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Keith Sheeran there. What a man. What a story. Just lift your old heart, wouldn't it? On a Thursday afternoon in November. And the sweat dripping out of us <laughs> with the temperatures. Ah, he's great. He's great, isn't he? <laughs> set fire to the rain on your late lunch this Thursday afternoon. I'm just thinking here, if we could set fire to the rain in Ireland, we'd have scorched the country the last month. There'd be nothing left. Think about it. Imagine setting fire to the rain. It'd be just a wasteland, the whole place. We've been uh, getting so much so much rain. The bingo jackpot next week is €6,600 on a serious note. And big winners recently, Roseanne Shanky from Carrick Macross, Francis Byrne from Cochrane, just near Carrick Macross there. They won 400 each. And what about Linda Byrne from Drumconrath? €800 she picked up. It's only a euro to play each day and your support goes to the National Council for the Blind and it's very, very much appreciated. You can buy your books locally and the stores are listed on lmfm.ie or you can buy your books online from lmfm.ie and start playing. Jerry, many years ago, my son, while playing GAA for his primary school, the principal and coach kept shouting abuse at him. No one said a word to them. Needless to say, he doesn't play Gaelic football anymore. Sorry to hear that. Really, I don't like to hear stories like that at all. And that's in the context of our chat with Keith Sheeran, the lovely Keith Sheeran, a little while ago on the show. OK, Louise, have you come up with any Guinness records for me? Can I mention, too, that just came back to my mind uh, this afternoon? Um, firstly, you know I love my fishing or angling. Roger Ryan. Roger Ryan, a great angler of yesteryear, no longer with us. Roger was in the Guinness Book of Records for years for having caught the biggest mackerel uh, in Ireland. Oh, and Clotterhead, caught him on Clotterhead. And I have to mention Phil Duffy and Aidan Taff, who set a record for the longest non-stop game of badminton in the Star and Crescent Club. Great place it was in Drogheda on the Fair Green. They played for days. <laughs> they really did. And are they still record holders or did anybody beat them? I don't know whether anyone beat them, but they held the record and they mm. were in the book. You know, that's the great thing about it. They appeared in because we used to buy the annual, you know, the Guinness... Yep. Book of records every year. It's, it's Guinness World Records. It's still coming out every year as well. Uh, you had a great one there about socks. Fiona Nolan and Claire in right. 2011. She got the record for the most socks worn on one foot. She could get 152 socks on. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'd say her circulation was great after it. Oh my 152 word. 152 socks. I'd yeah. say she was like the trunk of a tree, her leg, with all them socks on the roots <laughs> of a tree at the bottom. She must have went up sizes, obviously. Oh, she had, had to. Have. Oh, she had to. 
Yeah, definitely. She had to do something. Or cut like the that. tops, or I don't know how you do it. Yeah. But I have here, here's one you could do at home 10 world records to break when you're stuck at home. Okay. Ready? Yeah. One, most socks put on one foot in 30 seconds. You right. Try that tonight. Mm, mm. Tallest toilet paper tower in 30 seconds. Yep. Most smarties eaten in thirty in sixty seconds blindfolded using chopsticks. <laughs> uh, well, I won't be doing that because I absolutely hate smarties. Yeah, go ahead, I hate them. Smarties. Oh, I hate them. Go, go. Fastest next. time to arrange the alphabet from a can of alphabet spaghetti. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> I like that one. Um, and what's the last part here? The number five one was uh, if I can get it. I think it's gone on me now. Yeah, oh, it's gonna make this. It, it, it was that me. fast. It's a record. It's gone. It's oh, just... fastest time to assemble Mr. Potato Head. Oh. I think everybody has one of them in the house. <laughs> I like the spaghetti thing. I do too. I think that's a good one. It really is. So there are records you can actually set at home. Oh, most clothes pegs clipped to your face in sixty seconds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. Oh my! Oh my! That really would be funny. But today is a day celebrating world records. Just to say, that's why we're chatting about it on late lunch this afternoon. Let me context my next guest. Kristen Jensen is a very good friend of Late Lunch. She's the woman behind Blaster Books, a totally new concept she launched this year. 72 pages each of these books are, A5 size, and they really have shook up the cookbook world. There's been three so far, Tacos, Hot Fat and United Nations of Cookies, and I've had the pleasure of interviewing each of the authors in turn the fourth one is just out and I've been so looking forward to this because you see the man behind it was born in Hong Kong moved to Buncrana at 8 years of age where he worked in the family restaurant street food to Michelin star kitchens if I mention Bowles restaurant Bites by Quanji those restaurants he's an ambassador for board beer and I did say of course a little while ago Virgin Media 6 o'clock show star Quanji Chan welcome to Late Lunch Thank you very much. Can you hear me okay there? I can hear you perfectly. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thanks for having me. Not at all, not at all. The book is called Walk. This is your first book? Yeah, it is the first book. You know what? I'm so so humbled and uh, I suppose honoured to be uh, actually the first Irish Asian cookbook to be published here in Ireland. Yeah, wow. It's incredible, isn't it? It is incredible. And I have to say, I've had the book a few days. I just love it. And it's going to be oh, a, a big part and number one in the line of my culinary guides at home, I have to say to you. It's just terrific. It really, really is. Now, let's talk uh, about... Thanks very much. No, you're welcome. You, I really mean every word I say. The, the thing I love about this book is, right, you have the recipes in there. And I have to say, congratulate you. They're not rocket science. Anyone could really give them a go and you also yeah. go through your pantry the tools for the yeah. job and this That's is very it. important the walk so can i start with the walk will you tell our listeners yeah. you talk about a light walk and a heavy walk do you need both in your yeah. kitchen look um to be honest like um I, you don't really need both like you know the light walk is really for frying vegetables and that's in the professional kitchen and the heavy walks are normally like for cooking Heavy, you know, I mean, deeper things like uh, stewing stuff and that, and boiling stuff. But um, I use a non-stick wok, and I get a, I get a really good one, and um, you know, and Nikki, and it's, it's perfect for me, like you know, what I mean. So, um, and they work in induction as well. Mm. So, if you see, I work in induction wok all the time on six o'clock show, and um, these recipes work perfect in it. 
And what about seasoning it? Just mentioned for our listeners, the best way to season a wok. And should you season it every time you wash it off when you're finished? Yeah, so basically if you, um, if you have a, a not a non-stick one, you're going to have to season it. What you do with that is uh, normally you come in cast iron. So basically what you have to do is uh, you just have to heat it up really hot. And then whenever it starts to smoke, you rub a small bit of um, oil onto it with a with a tissue or a kitchen towel, you know, and mm. you wipe it. And that's how you season the wok. And that kind of stops it from uh, sticking. That's like a old school uh, non-stick pan kind of thing. Yes. But um, and when you finish with it, you don't really wash it because once you wash, you kind of wipe it down yeah. really clean. But if you wash it with the soap, like you kind of wash that layer off again, you have to start over again. So mm, great advice! I'll tell you, I'd be afraid to have a cleaver, uh, Quanji, in my kitchen. <laughs> uh, I just look at it and I think, "Oh my God, Almighty!" But tell us, is is it is it something that you get used to quickly when you you start working with it? Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, it's like any knife, you know, any tool. Uh, once you get a hang of it, you start working. I know it's a, it looks a very obvious, you know, the big massive uh, square. <laughs> Knife, but um, if you don't have, have one of them, you know, I mean, um, you can use a normal knife as well. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, I like the look of it all right. I might give it a go. I'm, I'm thinking about that one as as we speak. Uh, the pantry, I love, and well done yeah. to you. You lay out, you know, your essentials of your pantry. I'm delighted to see Heinz tomato sauce there. Oh, yeah, because um, basically um, there's a recipe in there of sweet and sour sauce, and I use the tomato sauce in there. Um, it's quite good, you know, So, and that's uh, how you get the kind of colour in there. So, yeah, that, that recipe is one of my favourites. But uh, apart, all the recipes are, you know, um, made up of that pantry. And, you know, if you have, like, maybe five or six products from the pantry, you can nearly cook 60% of that book already. Mm. So if you have your soy sauce, your sesame oil, your... Um, your oyster sauce, um, maybe some potato starch to thicken things up, or corn flour, and maybe a vinegar as well. Like you're sixty percent there in that book already, you know. So, and I designed that um, especially for that because from the six o'clock show for years now, I've been doing it for the last six years. That um, I noticed that people find things hard to get, you know, especially with a Chinese cookbook. Mm. And the Chan Chan range of sauces; these are yours. Where can people get them? Where can I get them? Yeah, so basically we were in Little and we were at Aldi. Uh, I think um, the peanut chili oil you can still get in Aldi if you're, and we supply a Sheridan's Foods as well, which oh, yes. um, you can you can get uh, in that in dumb stores if they have your cheese counter as well. So you can get the chili uh, peanut oil there, and they have uh, the black garlic products there as well. So and also if you're in Dublin, like Asia markets, uh, stock our stuff as well. So. Mm. And Kevin Sheridan, of course, we a good friend of ours too. He has his headquarters here in the northeast, um, yeah, so and absolutely. a shop there, so available there. Come back to the sweet and sour chicken. I have it open here on page forty because you mentioned, um, I and I mentioned actually, and you picked it up the Heinz tomato sauce. But you know what surprised me in and and, yeah. and I want to say to listeners, it, this is great. They're simple. You make all your sauces from scratch. Orange juice with bits in the sweet and sour, Quanji. Absolutely, yeah. I love oranges a bit, but like you know, I mean, it just makes it more kind of you know, just authentic. You know, it's like a real orange. But um, I, I always use the bits. But if you have um, oranges that you use in breakfast with no bits in it, 
use that as well. Mm. But um, I have to say, I don't put pineapples in my um, sweet and sour. Now, do you like sweet and sour? I with do. Pineapple? <laughs> I do. You're, you, and now you see, you're reading me like a book here. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> I am. And I'd say a lot of people do go the pineapple route. You don't. Yeah, yeah, but I don't go with the pineapple. But if you like pineapple, you can add it as well. Oh, no, Quanti, I'm going to change. I'm going to try. I'm going to try everything in this book, to be honest with you. I I love it so much. I want to thank you for something in particular. I really do, because this is nearly uh, impossible to get in some Chinese restaurants you go along to now. Banana fritters. Oh, yeah. If you know what, I grew up in the Chinese restaurant and um, that's my kind of background because uh, I grew up in Donegal and my uncle's uh, Chinese takeaway and restaurant. And I remember the old days that you used to get banana fritters with uh, a lovely kind of like a syrup over it mm. and then you get an ice cream on top. Like that, for me, that was a little... Uh, very nostalgic uh, dessert for me. So I had to put that in that book there, you know, so. Well done to you. I congratulate you. When I saw it, I had a smile from ear to ear because like yourself, uh, it would be something that I'd always enjoy. But it, it seems to have gone from a lot of the menus of uh, yeah, Chinese restaurants. Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, some of the dishes that I've done in there, um, it's kind of disappeared slowly. If you see, like, there's a, I think there's a vegetable chop suey or um, something like that in there with a bird's uh, nest, with a potato nest in there as well. So that's kind of disappeared off the menu for years. Um, yeah, so I quite like um, a lot of stuff in that book. And mm. uh, it's all kind of probably, you know, most of the recipes are from the Six Clock Show that I've been doing for the last six years. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's kind of, you have all the recipes in the one place. So mm. Brilliant. It's brilliant. And the other one, sure, it's a staple order at times. And you know what I want to say to listeners today? The way you take us through it in the book is superb. Young Chow fried rice. People go and order that. But listen, you can rustle that up in, in jig time, can't you? I'll come here. Like, um, I think somebody on uh, Instagram uh, sent me a photo there last day of a Young Chow fried rice that they did on uh, the recipe. And um, it came out perfect. It was amazing. And um, I think the one that I do is not with Chinese ham or with ham. I think we do it with chorizo. So it's kind of like a fusion mm. kind of type one, you know. So, mm. yeah, delicious. I wonder, could you put, put spam into it? I have to admit, I bought a bloody tin a spam in the supermarket a couple oh, of weeks ago. Yes, I did. I know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So definitely put spam because uh, that's what the original um, spam was used for, the Young Chow fried rice, because... Uh, that recipe is from Hong Kong, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I what I was thinking there was uh, not many people who eat spam, so that's why I changed to chorizo, you know, because mm. um, you might have a piece of chorizo in your fridge, you know. So yeah, yeah. Well, there you are. It must have been telepathy. I'm, I didn't know you were coming on at that <laughs> stage to me, but something must have sent me to it to pick it up with a view to me chatting to you today. Do you know something like uh, I want to say to you? You are a really hard grafter. You know, you're you're a man known for the hours and hours that you put in, no matter where you, you, you work. Is is that ethic? Does that ethic come from, from Donegal and, and that family restaurant? Um, you know what? I always have a... Um, yes, look, from a young immigrant um, family, um, I always had to work, you know what I mean? And that was the ethic that you have to muck in and uh, work with the family. And... I kind of loved that kind of, you know, the the work ethic, and that carried through me all the way through, like you know, to um, to college and cooking, um, you know, classical French, and then went on to you know do my uh, fine dining and high end kind of restaurants, and ended up in Mission Star as chef for four years. 
And um, yeah, that, that always has carried me through. And still to the day, like when I'm running my own uh, companies, I still work all the time. And I don't know any other way, to be mm. honest with you. I enjoy it, you know what I mean? So I don't see it as work. It's more of a, it's more of a hobby and a passion for me. So I'm very lucky. <laughs> Uh, I'm on the same play li- playbook as you as well, I have to say, with what I do here. It's, you're right in, in what you say. It's just the enjoyment from it is something else and you don't look at it as a burden or work or anything like that. This uh, series of books, Quanji, that uh, I mentioned, Kristen Jensen is behind Tacos, yeah. Hot Fat, United Nations of Cookies, who have all been nominated for awards too. And now this one from you, uh, this walk, it's a brilliant concept, isn't it? Yeah, look, it's an absolute um, um, great concept and uh, fair play to Christian. She has been winning so much awards in the theatre of the year and just recently. And uh, we actually won Cookbook of the Year with that whole uh, series there as well. So that's amazing. And what she did was amazing because like, I've been trying to get a book deal for years and it's quite hard for uh, a person like myself that doesn't fit into the bracket of um, your normal cookbook selling chef, you know what I mean, in Ireland. And uh, what she did for me and other people that uh, she gives a voice to, you know, to to put out, like, you know, in a very small way. Mm. So um, it's it's brilliant what she's doing and what she's the way she's kind of changing the publishing, um, you know, world in that kind of sense. So yes. fair play to her. Yes, well done and congratulations to you too and the others. Uh, the, the books have all, as you say, won awards and they're available from blasterbooks.com and from uh, all good bookshops too. It is terrific. I adore it. You've done a wonderful yeah, yeah. job. And Thanks very much and I'm glad you got a copy there. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Delighted, delighted, delighted. Anyway, let you back to your work there. You're busy. Thanks for taking time to chat to me today, Kwanji. Gary, thank you so much and uh, thank you for listening in. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's the wonderful Kwanji Chan there. And the book is called Walk. W-O-K-I highly recommend it we're going to go into our next song now <laughs> shortly Louise Louise says to me guess what film that song is I from don't. coming up next <laughs> and I looked at it it's Kenny Loggins and she says I think it's from Top Gun <laughs> and I looked at the, the name of the, the song and I said Top Gun no <laughs> Danger Zone was Kenny Loggins and Top Gun tell them the name of the song that we're talking about <laughs> but Liz. <laughs> Louise Googles it then. <laughs> Jerry, it's from the fo- <laughs> from the movie Footless. <laughs> this is the crack we have here every day that you don't know about at all that goes on behind the scenes, doesn't it? It does indeed. So what I have to say, if you can't have fun or a laugh at work, forget it, folks. I've always had that policy, no matter where I worked through my lifetime. Happiness, joy, fun, bit of crack. It's all about that, isn't it? It really, really is. Anyway, the World Guinness Sock Record we were talking about. Weren't we, Louise, earlier on? So this is a very appropriate song. And I don't know how they got on in the feckings last night. Anyway, with their dancing, I got some slagging in the Wednesday club. <laughs> they said, like, you're surprised Should you're here. Should have down to Wednesday club. <laughs> Into Barney Max. <laughs> anyway, it's uh, towards news, weather and sport at three with Mr. Kenny Loggins and Footloose. Would have been better in Top Gun. <laughs> you have a message there, Louise, uh, about a Guinness World Record. Yeah, somebody WhatsApped us in, thanks a million, saying her brother, Stephen Gibney, uh, holds a record in darts for the most doubles in, she thinks, a 24-hour period. Mm. And he um, he did that in the punt uh, bar on Bolton Street and she said he broke the record twice. 
Well done. Lovely. Uh, John's been on to say, did Pat McIntaggart not get into the book for, was it punching a, a boxing bag in the boxing club in Dar Street in Drogheda or standing in a barrel or something, Jerry? Pat's name rings a bell and, and, and a Guinness record. I think Pat also was buried in a coffin under the ground for 24 hours. Yeah. I think wow. he was. I'm nearly sure. Now, I could be mistaken there, but something says that to me about Pat, that he, he did something like that as well. Um, he was a man that tried tried a few records, I'm sure. If anyone can clarify, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. And plenty of Guinness record holders on this day celebrating Guinness records around the world. And on this day of our Lord, the 10th of November, 2022, at 10 past three in the afternoon, on your late lunch, it is time for this. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week Artist of the Week Shania Twain it is all this week and she is coming to Ireland next year for two dates and uh, despite her success which I've been talking about all week Shania never carried courage should I say curried favour with country music Puritans you see she's always been accused of diluting the true essence of country music by fusing it with manufactured rock and, can't do this, using sex to sell in the manner in which she dressed or didn't dress, more to the point. You only have to smile, don't you, when you consider how revealing artists have been come, really, subsequently. Shania of the 90s and early noughties looks tame in comparison, to be honest. Despite reservations among critics, Shania Twain, her outfits and music appeal to a vast audience, such was the demand to see her perform and the phenomenal record sales she enjoyed. She became one of the biggest music stars in the world for a time. And really it was to do, and she was loved for her rags to riches, Cinderella type story. And that's what our story is. At the height of her power, she was described as equally country, pop and a rock star. Sexy, empowering and funny. Fancied by straight boys, admired by straight girls, adored by gay men and loved by lesbians because of lyrics and songs like this. Let's go, girl. You just got to let it finish, haven't you? Simple as that. No talking over the end of that one. Noise listeners when you do that at times. I know, I know. Didn't do it today. Just let it go right to the end. Oh, it's going to be some uh, gig in Dublin. Gigs. Two gigs when she arrives next year. That one, March 1999. Number three in the UK. Four in the USA. And it won her a Grammy Award. Round up, should I, tomorrow in words and song. Round about this time. On your late lunch, Jonathan Doherty is standing by on the line to have a chat with me on late lunch. And it's great to have him there to talk to me today. Hello, Jonathan. Afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Well, take us back to June, was it, of this year? Uh, June twentieth, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. June twentieth. You, uh, you're an active man. You were exercising. Um, yeah, just out for a short five k jog. Something I probably would have done regularly enough during the week. Um, maybe two or three times a week, every week. So uh, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary, really, for me. Um, just a small bit of exercise, just to. Keep the head straight. That's about it, really. Mm, home you came and jumped in the shower. And uh, events took a turn from there. Yeah, so I uh, jumped in the shower and 
basically just as I was um, finishing up in the shower, um, got some uh, pain on the left hand left hand side of my body, left arm down uh, right to my toes, basically, and uh, assumed that it was related to the the run that maybe there was a little bit of uh, muscular pull of muscle or something along those lines, and uh, tried to basically shake it off over the course of the next uh, five or six minutes uh, before I realised it was something more serious so I alerted my wife at that stage and asked her to call the ambulance service. Was she at home with you then? She was, yeah she was, she was home, yeah. yeah. Lucky she was for you, so she made the call, you realised there's something really wrong here uh, but the ambulance w- would eventually get there, but your neighbours uh, people living close by Deirdre and Jonathan Rockneen came into play here big time, they were crucial they were, yeah. So the first responders in the area were alerted uh, in, in tandem with the ambulance service. And fortunately for, for me, uh, Deirdre and Jonathan were available and we are two kilometres from my house here. So they're near neighbours of ours. Um, so, yeah, they were here within within minutes, really, of that ambulance call. And they were by my side. They were able to monitor my vital signs um, right up to the point where I lost consciousness. Um, and then they were able to commence uh, CPR and the use of a defib uh, over the next 10 minutes after that, which basically saved my life. Had they not been there, it might have been a different story. And and it just shows you timing is everything. They were just Mm. where they needed to be. They were about to go out, were they themselves cycling or something? Yeah, it was actually, it was a glorious day. It was the first nice day of the summer, really. And two of them um, were just about to jump on their bikes to go for a cycle. And they, they got the alert. Um, and thankfully, as I say, for me, that they, they were available uh, at that moment. And CPR, they administered, they used the defib. They shocked you a couple of times, got you going again because your your heart had stopped. You were out of it at that stage. What do you remember? When do you remember the next, you know, you passed out in your home and they were there with you? When did you have a semblance that you were still alive and where you were? Um, I was fully conscious right up to the time of passing out. Um, the next memory I have really next strong memory I have is um, in the back of an ambulance heading to the Matter Hospital in Dublin so there's a a big blank for me in the middle of all of this Um, thankfully there's a big blank for me everyone around me had to deal with it but yeah, um, there's, there's a grey area for me in yeah. that regard. Yeah, yeah, you've no memory of that. So you you head to the matter. What was the issue? How, how you know how blocked was your heart? Um, so the main artery to my heart um, was was pretty much entirely blocked. Um, I think ninety percent was the figure I was given at the time. Um, and this is the main artery to the heart. So, you know, without it, you're in big trouble. Mm. Uh, the other arteries were in good condition. Um, no issue there. Uh, so in the matter hospital, then what they did is they, they, in, they fitted two stents, stents into my heart. And that allowed the artery to open up again. And um, from there on, we're into recovery periods, thankfully. But that's, that was the main issue, just the blocked artery. And you had no symptoms beforehand or when you were jogging around in that, no pain, no indications? Nothing, absolutely nothing, no. 
I think that's the frightening part and, and, and what people should consider, you know, when it comes to looking after your health and getting checked uh, on a regular basis. No symptoms whatsoever. How long was your recovery? Are you still in recovery at the moment? Uh, I'm still in recovery. Um, so last Tuesday I had a an ICD fitted, which is um, an internal uh, defibrillator for want of a better description. So I had that fitted last Tuesday. Um, So just on the mend after that, at the moment, I have some rehab to go through uh, this side of Christmas. I have about six weeks rehab to go through, which will take me into the new year. And all going well at that stage. uh, Plan to return to work full time and basically get back to normal. Good on you. Good on you. And I take it you'll, you'll be on medication too. I'm on a lot of medication. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm on a yeah. cocktail of medication, yes. and that that will be the case now forever. But um, mm. small price to pay for for getting out of this with uh, with my life, I suppose. It certainly is, and you have two young children as well. Your wife, uh, Claire, and uh, all to live for and all to enjoy over the coming years. What age are you, Jonathan? Do you mind me asking? I'm 43 now, so yeah. it's 42. It was a week mm. a week out from my 43rd birthday when yeah. this all happened. So young man. Um, uh, yeah, young, I suppose. Yeah, for something like this, it's it's not it's not uncommon. It's not unheard of. I mean, uh, it does happen to people in our age group and my age group, but um, mm. it's rare, obviously. Uh, you know, to to hear about it. There seems to be a lot of it at the moment, yes. unfortunately. Um, but yeah, um, young enough, I suppose, Jerry. But. Uh, Glad to be alive and kicking. Ah, yes, yes. Last question. You, you've talked about becoming a first responder. Is that something you plan to do when you're up and running again fully? Yeah, I, I do. I do, yeah. I plan to meet up with the um, first responders group, uh, first responders group in Mead, uh, actually in December. Um, I'll probably commence training in early January when I've got the all clear from rehab and, and that type of thing. Mm. But uh, yeah, I would be very keen to do that, and I would encourage people as well if they if they want to do something along those lines to make contact with the first responders group through Facebook. Um, and it's just something that you know might save a life someday. Um, so fabulous thing to do if anyone is interested. Absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more. First responder, train CPR, know that stuff, the fib, all that type of thing. It does save a lot, save a life, and your life uh, proves it. Thank you for telling your story to us today, Jonathan. You're welcome. You're very welcome. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. That's Jonathan Doherty there from Kiltail in County Meath, who is a very lucky man and a very grateful man that the uh, the neighbours and we got to mention them, Jonathan and Deirdre uh, Rockneen played a vital part in his survival. That's it on Late Lunch this afternoon. Tomorrow, we'll have uh, some opinions from certain women. David Sheehan on sport. Porrick Grennan uh, uh, talking about uh, vacant properties. Uh, We'll also have your comedy on Friday TV theme. And Seamus Brady will tell us his story as well. Have a nice Thursday. See you Friday, 1.30. LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 87 A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. 
feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.